1: And good evening to you wherever you may be, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Life, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with us, and kind of fun to see those names of cities come up that we can't even pronounce, Elaine, around or spell. the world as uh, yours spell one or the other. Yeah, thank you for joining us, being part of the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And uh, we'll introduce our guests in just a few moments. But tonight, just uh, a, a very, very important subject. Uh, we're going to be talking about a recent documentary called Secrets in America the crisis of elder abuse and uh, in our uh, work here at advancing vibrant communities we uh, run into this dynamic a lot and uh, kind of kind of explore some of the uh, reasons and uh, but more importantly what we can do to mitigate uh, many of these circumstances and we'll be talking to people who uh, know of what they speak in just a couple of moments before we launch off into that though let's check with our friends from voice of the martyrs.
2: What will people think when they i Jesus freak? What will people do if they
1: find that true? Hey, this is Toby Mack, asking this question of all Jesus freaks.
3: Where do you put your best efforts? What do you do well? Richard Wormbrand, founder of the Voice of the Martyrs, remembers his 14 years in a communist prison in Romania. He said, Without fear we sang in prisons 30 feet beneath the earth. We were terribly hungry, beaten, and tortured. The communists were good at torturing us. We would say to each other, The communists beat us very well. Let us do our work well. Let us sing well. Richard Wormbrand knew that clear and passionate worship would honor God, align his own heart with God's purpose, and be a powerful witness to his captors. For more on Doing Life Well, Go online to persecution.com.
1: You know, friends, and that's a wonderful story. If you've never read his uh, biography, here's a man that was uh, ministering to uh, Jews and Germans and Russians during uh, World War II and, and sometime after that uh, was uh, was imprisoned, serving uh, many, many years. And, and the man you know, it just wasn't lightweight torture. He uh, bore for the rest of his life deep, deep physical wounds from um, from that time, and, and yet kept the faith and understood uh, the mission that God had for him, and uh, created an awareness around the world of the persecuted church like no other. And I encourage you to check out <clears throat> again his uh, his information. Again, that's Richard Wormbrand, and you can find more information about him uh, through the uh, PersecutedChurch.com. Just a reminder, friends, coming up on September 12th. If you were out there with us in May. We had the opportunity to um, head into the airport neighborhoods here in the uh, southern part of Modesto, uh, uh, really an area, a lane of our of our city, of our community that is underrepresented. And um, really needs uh, needs a lot of attention, needs a lot of help. And we had uh, I don't know, about four hundred people come out that day, you? And, and it was a great partnership. There were probably some twenty or twenty-five different uh, churches and agencies, uh, businesses that were involved. And uh, we asked the people there in the airport neighborhood, "What do you want? You know, what what's important to you? If you, if you need some help, what would you like done?" And they said, "Well, got a lot of graffiti. We got a lot of weeds that pose fire hazards and." Got a lot of junk in the alleyways, so can you take care of that? So we did. We went down there, and uh, somewhere between eighteen to twenty-two tons—a lot of stuff—junk was taken of out of those alleys, yeah. and um, and we found some interesting people. You know, there's that guy that kind of popped out of the weeds there, and wasn't you? Well, it wasn't no, me. No, no, no. no, I was going down an alley and, <laughs> and uh, minding my own business, just you know, and, and actually looking at what was going on, and all of a sudden this guy pops up out of the weeds. And it looked like he'd been there for a while, mm-hmm. laying in the weeds, like our friend John would say, and and uh and he I said, Hi, what's your name? He said Hank Williams. I said, yeah, well, my name is Mike Douglas. <laughs> he says, no, my name is really Hank Williams. So I said, well, little mine's little really little Mike Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got a good conversation going on and, uh, man obviously was homeless and, and, uh, using an abandoned home there. But, uh, the, the fire dangers are, are tremendous, especially this time of year. Good time for us to come back and bless the neighborhood. If you and your small group or church would like to participate, participate. There we go. $400 that's, from that's my nose and my content. mouth went sideways again. <laughs> If you'd like to participate with us in the Airport Neighborhood Cleanup, you can give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Or go to our website and click on vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy thing. Icon, icon, right? Je- uh, g- give me a break here, David. It's a icon, right? Icon, you got it. Uh, icon, all right. <laughs> not, not the human icon, but a little red flashy icon on there.
2: Gizmo.
1: <coughs> yeah, the gizmo. The gizmo. You click the little red gizmo, it takes you right to the daily update page that Elaine updates couple of times a day and uh, you'll find their new opportunities to serve
0: speaking of opportunities to serve let's take a quick look at the volunteer center of the united way the series partnership for healthy children getting ready for their 12th annual family resource fun fest it's happening saturday september 19th from 11 to 3 p.m at the whitmore park in series it's a free event for all ages packed with fun games activities prizes Food and uh, community information as well. Volunteers ages 13 years and up are needed to help out with setup, cleanup, decorations, balloons, refreshment stands, games. They'll have a bounce house. Hey,
1: Those are fun. Those are fun. You ever been in one of those?
0: I have. Have you? Yeah,
1: they are cool. Oh, very. I kind of emptied it out when I bounced in it, but (laughs) Ah,
0: they're fun. They are (laughs) really. Get a visual picture of. No, you don't. No, No, we don't want to go go there. there, But they are fun. fun. Lots of games and face painting and a whole lot more. They tried that on me too. Great
1: improvement, by the way. Uh,
0: Anyway, children uh, promoting family unity, healthy choices, and proper parenting techniques, and providing real help for families in need. Lots of fun, so we just uh, encourage you to get out and volunteer for that. Hey, we will be alongside these people for this, the Tuolumne River Trust. That's right. American River's national river cleanup and great Uh, Sierra River Cleanup National Day of Service and Remembrance, being held Saturday, September 12th from 9 to noon, beginning at Legion Park, and we'll be right there alongside them as they team up for the Tuolumne, inviting volunteers to come out and remove trash and debris, making it clean and safe for both wildlife and the community. They're asking their volunteers to bring a reusable water bottle and a snack lunch and uh, the trust will provide water trash bags, plastic gloves, and snacks uh, for all our volunteers. Um, so anyway, uh, show up for that, and you might want to show up for our efforts as well. Yeah, we're
1: going to be right next door, actually. They're going to be working yes. on the river and putting the trash bags right, right where we were, So or are going to be. So yeah, we'll, be we'll be working. By the way, uh, on, on September 12th, two new opportunities to serve before my feeble brain forgets. Um, one is our school district would like us to hand out... Uh, packets that encourage students to stay in school and get their diplomas, uh, but they need advance notice of those volunteers willing to do that because you do have to fill out a volunteer form and receive just a little bit of training that morning. So anyway, if you're interested in delivering that or also delivering information on the H1N1, better known as swine flu um, virus, why we can... Uh, also assist with that as well all right so have i totally derailed you now? not at all are you trying to no, go no, somewhere we'll, uh, with that we'll okay. get
0: there eventually right. have you ever thought about or wanted to train to become a labor and delivery coach just think about that for you know that people. wasn't high on got, my list. Mr., got mr al's attention yeah al and i <laughs> sign up right now <laughs> <laughs> or you might want to mentor a team uh, to help Uh, Parents become good parents. Now, this is a very worthwhile thing. Think about this. Trained to become a labor uh, and delivery, volunteers provide in-home and in-hospital support to pregnant teens and young women, including prenatal and parenting education classes and nursing assessments. Parent mentors provide emotional and educational support to at-risk young mothers and co-facilitators assist parents during weekly group meetings. Uh, this is an opportunity to meet people, to um, bond and, and make those relationships. A volunteer orientation. If you're worried about not knowing how to do this, Mr. Al, here's your opportunity. An orientation and 11 week training course is scheduled Monday evening, September 14th through November 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. Volunteers. 14 years and up are also needed to participate in fun, interactive activities, arts and crafts, coloring, water play, assisting small children with motor skills development, reading aloud, and serving snacks, while parents attend classes and parenting groups. The Parent Resource Center provides emotional and educational support for parents in nurturing and guiding their children through the critical first five years of a child's life to decrease the risk of child abuse, neglect, and family violence. Now, if you're interested in any of these opportunities, we ask that you contact Barbara Borba. She's uh, reachable at 209 524 1307 extension 113. Again, that's 209 524 1307 extension 113. Or email Barbara. She's at bborba at uastan.org and she'll be happy to talk to you. You know, about that is so important
1: because there's so many young people who are so ill equipped. Oh, you got You know, for it Got to be very scary, especially if you're the mom-to-be, and you don't have a support system. Mm-hmm. So what a wonderful way to minister to some young people here in our community.
0: Also, before we get off the subject of uh, tree planting and such in the Riverside, the Stanislaw Shade Tree Partnership needs volunteers for upcoming fall tree plantings in the Weed and Seed Airport neighborhoods. So if you're interested in planting, you can trees, branch out and do that too. Branch out and do that. That's, that's good. <laughs> <Saturdays> <laughs> we'll root for you. Hey. <laughs> too much. I'll
1: just leave it alone at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're on our I'm roll gonna say you can make it through this. I, I'm not I, sure. You know, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, there are three dates coming up uh, in fall. September 19th. We need 20 to 30 volunteers needed to plant 40 trees. Then uh, in October, uh, October 3rd, 100 volunteers are needed for 114 trees. October 17th, 20 to 30 volunteers are needed for 40 trees. Volunteer groups need to bring shovels, gloves, and water. Start time is 8 a.m. at the Neighborhood Center at Marshall Park. That's at 420 Chicago and Modesto. Uh, That's the weed and seed site. And if you are interested in this, please contact Vanessa and she's at 209-341-2986. That number again is 209-341-2986, or you can always contact us here at 209-544-9571, and we will get you that information. Now, if you have clicked onto our website, the Daily Update and Opportunities section, then you will find a leaky faucet and a kitchen sink. Precious 95-year-old sister. Hmm. Uh, and given the details there, please give me a call here, and I will get you connected with that. One of our volunteers, uh, Oren, as a matter of fact, Pastor Mike, was out doing um, a job for a, a Modesto senior. And bless her heart, she's in her 80s. Fixed income, she needs a top stove. I guess the kind you just dropped down in, Al, I'm, I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. the kind. Anyway, that's what she needs. She's on yeah, a fixed... Sir, probably electric. I'll double check on thinking it's electric. But anyway, she can't afford to buy one, and that's all that she needs. And so if you have one of those types to donate, give us a call here and we will make that connection for you. Um, That's another need that's on the website. Also, if you can go grocery shopping for an 80-year-old person who is in need, uh, it'd be very helpful for For her right now also take her to occasional doctor appointments please give me a call again that number is uh, 209-544-9571 for this or any of these opportunities to serve and we will gladly connect you to those well dear friends we are going to be uh speaking uh, very straightforward tonight about a topic and some issues that are not pleasing and wonderful, but a reality that we we must see, and here to help us clearly focus on some of these uh, are some very dynamic people in our community here in Modesto, California, and uh, we are... We just want to proudly and warmly welcome uh, welcome back, because they are, have been here before. Do you realize that David Jones has been here before, and so has Monica Ramos, and they are back for more? Can, can, can you, I mean...
1: That's you know, an amazing gotta, thing that they back came for back for more from, right? abuse, uh,
0: if we can say that, but uh, they are. I feel so it's like i back thing. for more. Back for more <laughs> abuse. I want, want to welcome back David Jones, uh, Director of Communications and Legislative Affairs. With uh, Tonight we're having him back to just... Uh, Uh, just applaud his work with Secrets in America, wonderful DVD, and uh, Monica Ramos, uh, Program Director and uh, Coordinator from the Ombudsman Program with Catholic Charities, and we also want to welcome Jose, Michelle, and Ann Danhoff um, with Catholic Charities and uh, with APS, Adult Protective Services here in Stanislaus County. Welcome all of you to White House Life. Thank you for carving out time to be here with us you know this past year a wonderful dvd as we were saying david was written and produced uh, by you and we just uh, were so blessed to have watched this when it came out and what an incredible piece and first of all thank you again for doing this piece and and david if you would maybe just uh, explain and set the stage and and tell our listeners what motivated you to do this piece in the first place
3: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that creating the documentary was a team effort, and the number of people that are around the table right now played a a critical role in that. And just to to clarify, Jose Michel is actually with the Community Services Agency with Stanislaus County and has a great insight into the eyes of the social workers that are out there every day on the ground. Uh, This wasn't even on my radar two years ago. I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about the issue of elder abuse. I wasn't even really aware it was an issue until Catholic Charities uh, was celebrating a 10th anniversary event of the Stanislaus Elder Abuse Prevention Alliance, or called SIPA. And at that 10th anniversary event, they brought in a a very famous celebrity into town named Doris Roberts, who is the, the mother from Everybody Loves Raymond, just a great character, and just a great person as well. And they did a news conference, and at the news conference, they released statistics that showed in the past four to five years The issue of elder abuse reported cases were up like 50%, which was just a shocking statistic. And the stories that I would hear were just unbelievable. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized it wasn't just physical abuse, but there was a whole other area of elder abuse that was taking root, and that was the area of financial abuse. So. Mm Really, the the news conference is what, and I have to thank Ann Danhoff for inviting me to to be a part of that. Really, basically, it lit me up, and it made me very, very angry that such an issue could be facing, you know, basically the most precious part of our community, which is our seniors. Yes,
0: absolutely. And you started off the, the video by saying how much our seniors have given to us. They fought wars. They've given so much of themselves. It's incredible. Our volunteers, you know, we tell them so oftentimes to go out and visit. Many times they just want to be listened to. Tell, tell us about your life. You know, what have you done? What have you accomplished? And so many times they just want to tell you stories about what they've done with their lives. Isn't that true? Well, their
3: stories are so rich. There's yes. so much depth to what they've been through. They've, they've seen things that we've not seen. They've lived through things that... Frankly, a lot of us couldn't even conceive of living through. And you, you think of things as you know, prior world wars or the Great Depression; um, those types of things just have developed their character and who they were as people, and they're just role models to us. And you contrast that with in kind of the golden or what are supposed to be the golden years of their lives with how they're now being treated by society.
1: I think uh, early on in the in the documentary, the point is made. I forget who made it that we are one of the few cultures that doesn't value our our seniors our elders and in fact you know we we've, we've spent many decades uh devaluing the family and when you, when you do that through the media uh and and entertainment and and uh, and such you get a cl- we we get the uh results of of the seeds that we've sown and uh you know, I do a lot of funerals, and I meet with a lot of people, and it's amazing to me how many people don't know the stories of their moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas. Just, it's shocking to me, uh, you know, and because they they don't have a linkage, they're not together, you know, and and so they come to the end of the life, and you look at that dash between the two dates, and many times the uh, the, the grandchildren, the children can 't articulate what made that person great you know in their lives they, they, there's a major major disconnect and when you have when you don 't have that relationship then obviously uh, abuse is, uh, is is something that uh, is is going to happen I think uh, you know David you talked about just a minute ago the various forms of of elder abuse and um, you, know, you, you think of, of physical and and you talked about the fact that financial is probably something that that's kind of hidden, but there's also just uh, ab- abandonment, too, right? Just just so many people that we contact, their their kids, their grandkids have had nothing to do with them for many many years, and uh, just wondering, um, Anne and 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 Monica and Jose, as as you've uh, been out there doing your jobs, what have you seen in that regard? What trends do you see uh, for these? Wonderful people that, as you say, David, have, have been um, the the thread, the, the 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 people that are holding our society together. What happens when they're put out by themselves? They're locked in a little metal box in a mobile home park, and and nobody comes to visit. Let's start with you. Uh, and what type of uh, what type of effects do you see from that?
4: Well, there's a huge amount of isolation, and that's a real concern because. Then if something does happen with the individual, the family's not aware, if they're not connected with the neighbors, they aren't, uh, nobody really knows the difference. And that's just an open door for somebody who's looking for an opportunity to take advantage of the individual. And they could, what we see is people coming in and becoming this individual's new best friend. Mm. And oh my goodness, by the time somebody does pay attention and call Adult Protective Services, They probably have their name on the checking account. They may well have their name on the mobile home or the home. And the individual really has virtually nothing left to Mm. call their own. How sad this is. And even in the documentary, um,
0: the lady who was having some repairs done to her place, thank God for her neighbor who was watching out for her. These gentlemen came in and just basically stripped her of her I guess, her bank account, and they were off with what she had. $200,000. My
1: goodness. Six Salvador Dali paintings, I think it was, right? And uh, just unconscionable.
3: Yeah, that was um, the story of actually a woman who we called Margaret, which was separate from the home repair Mm -hmm. scam, which was equally as powerful. And, you know, Margaret's story was of her brother who had some health issues and, you know, they had a friend who said, oh, I know someone who would be a great caregiver, and I don't think they really did much of a background check. And the next thing you know, the caregiver has kind of made their way into his life, and the brother passes away, and the caregiver refuses to move out of the house. And you're still living in the house six months later, and basically has, you know, stripped and sold the assets. And, you know, $200,000 later, you know, eventually she was um, – she was convicted, but just you know, very troubling. And you reference the story of Telvina Diaz also, mm. who was a victim of a home repair scam in Turlock. And I just want to say, just an incredibly brave woman. Right. Uh, because you know, the title of the documentary is called Secrets in America. Well, why do we call it Secrets in America? Really, for two reasons. Number one, the issue of elder abuse really is not well known. People don't realize the extent of this issue. The second part is a lot of times seniors aren't willing to come forward and admit they've been a victim of abuse.
0: Talk about that just a little bit, David. What's, what's behind that?
3: Well, it's, it's difficult in many ways for a senior. Um, they're faced with, um, you know, it's a family member who might say, well, you know, if mom or dad was a victim of a scam, well, maybe they're kind of losing it a little bit, and maybe it's time for them to go to a home somewhere. And so if you're a senior, you're thinking, okay, is this, if I come forward and say I've been a victim, is this going to compromise my ability to be independent? which is very significant when you put yourself in the shoes of a senior who's been independent their whole life, and they're kind of at a crossroad at times. It's very, very significant and a great challenge. So um, it's very troubling for them to to understand whether they should come forward or not. And there needs to be, there needs to be a safe way for seniors to come forward and say, you know what, I was the victim of a scam, but that doesn't mean I need to be put away somewhere.
1: So you preserve the self-esteem. In the process, so in, in just uh, as we 've talking about uh, Elaine 's reference there two con men basically uh, coming in and and uh, what is it like twelve thousand dollars or something' it's, there, you so? know and
3: this is a, unfortunately a common story and something very important, not just for seniors but anyone to be aware of. Um, yeah, two guys going door-to-door in a mobile home park. They stopped at uh, the neighbor's house, Mr. Ross, and Mr. Right. Ross was on to them mm. right away and said, Hey, you guys get out of here. You know, yeah, I know what you're up to, And yeah. uh, but Mr. Ross watches them then, and he sees them go to his next-door neighbor's, which is Telvina Diaz. Um, and they go into they eventually get into Telvina's house. They say, hey, you know, we'd like to do a free inspection of your house. And they go outside and say, well, you've got a problem with your sewer hookup, and you've got a problem with your hot water heater, and, well, you've got $12,000 worth of problems on your mobile home park. Um, and, of course, Telvina is, has no clue that there are any issues. She's not seeing any leaks. They're pretending there are leaks. And they basically hound her to the place where, like, okay, well, if not $12,000. Will you take, we'll take $6,000 to do the repairs. And eventually, Telvina, just being badgered by these two guys, says, you know what? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll give you $2,500. And so they take the check, and they, and they leave. And they go to the bank to try and cash the check. Well, in the meantime, Mr. Ross has kind of seen what's going on. So he calls the police. So while the guys are out trying to cash a check, the police come and they confront Telvina. Telvina says, well, yeah, yeah this is what's going on. And, you know, and she's a little bit confused and she's afraid very much at that point because the guys have already worked their way into her house as part of this process. So the police wait for them to return. They were not able to cash the check at the bank because they didn't have the right signatures or identification. When they return, the Turlock police zoom in catch him, arrest him, and right. eventually mm-hmm. convicted. Yes, yes. And Telvina was, was just tremendous because one of the challenges, we talk about secrets in America, it's very difficult for people to come forward. Telvina said, I'm willing to come forward and tell mm. my story so that others might benefit from my story. And, and just one last quick point on Telvina. Just God bless her yes, because yes. a week after the documentary premieres, Telvina passed away.
1: Oh, is that right?
3: No. And so her story mm. is going to continue to make mm. a difference in people's lives. Wow.
0: Amen. Wow. They prey mm. upon people like Telvina, don't they? People like these these gentlemen. And um, I've heard reports that they will even watch the um, newspapers and gather information and, and watch, you know, their homes or, or whatever uh, and just um, calculated. it. Um, incidents like that, and as, as citizens and as people who some of us still have, you know, are, are living uh, parents, and how can we be aware and safeguard? How, how can we be, what, what kinds of things can we do to protect our loved ones. I mean, this good neighbor, thank God for him.
5: Absolutely. But the good neighbor. And that's the part I was just going to jump in and say that, you know, we really need to kind of trust our instincts. We talk about, you know, with, when something seems too good to be true, or you you have this gut feeling that something just isn't right. That's one of the things that I was talking with, um, uh, with an um, ombudsman client recently. And, you know, when it seems like uncle or aunt or whomever who was always very friendly and seemed to enjoy being around family suddenly has has kind of turned into uh, a real you know recluse and and is is um not you, you're not getting much contact uh, it may be of isolation by design that somebody else has got their hand in it and and we need to um dig a little deeper don't just Something, you know, if your gut's telling you that something's not right here, we do need to, you know, let's borrow the term, be our brother's keeper right. <laughs> and and um, dig a little. We, you know, we remind people when we do training for um, bank employees to ask when someone's wanting, going, a senior's going to the bank and doing a sudden kind of odd sort of transaction, a big withdrawal, the the tellers are encouraged to ask the talk to the client a little bit and you're not trying to be nosy necessarily um, but that that uh, bank employee needs to get some reassurance that the the senior understands what they're doing, and they're doing it because they want to and not because they're being coerced into doing it.
3: And I think the concept of isolation is really important to reinforce, and I know that Jose has some some insights in terms of how do people do that? What are some things to watch out for? Because He's actually boots on the ground, he and his staff, in terms of seeing what actually happens out there. What are some things people need to be aware of, or what do you
6: see? You know, one of the things that I think is um, very critical is is just being connected to that senior. If, uh, if if you have a senior who's part of a, a church group and it's just it's just making sure that that senior is not uh, alone or if they are alone in their home that they're doing okay. I mean uh, when they're not um, when they are isolated from the community that's when actually like Ann was saying it's very easy for predators to spot that and then latch on to them, or people to take advantage of that, uh, just like with, with Telvina, I mean, they're specifically going to areas where, like mobile home parks, where th- there's usually either a senior or a senior couple living there. There probably aren't, excuse me, other individuals living there. So they know that, generally speaking, they're, um, they may be more vulnerable. And so it's, it's just remaining, making sure that the, that the individuals are connected and they have a support group. And then with that support group then is is just going in and just checking on them and just uh being part of their lives because otherwise I mean we see so many cases where you have individuals who um, maybe they are forgetting a few things now and so they're afraid uh to 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 bring help into the home because they fear that if I allow adult protective services or Catholic charities or some other agencies advancing vibrant communities come in there there's this uh there's feeling that it it's possible then that I may be I may, may go into a facility if I accept help. When it's actually the opposite, by accepting help, it, you're, you're remaining more independent. So, again, it's just making sure that, that there is that support system in place. Yes.
3: I, I think what that speaks to as well is the challenge that many of us are facing. I look at my own family, and, and my mother lives in Ohio. I live in California with my family. My brother lives outside of Washington, D.C., and my sister and her family live in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm. And so we're at a much more mobile society now where that kind of the, the nuclear family concept has changed. And so acknowledging that, you know, this is how it is at this point, we need to be very cognizant. I think as Jose says, you know, how can we create a structure whereby they don't stay isolated, though? Are we calling on a regular basis? Do we know who the friends are of our family members just to make sure those checks and balances are in place so that they don't become victims?
0: We see that so much, Dave. Just what, just what you said, the family living out of state and, and calling, we get that a lot here at ABC. Well, we've got so much uh, more to come with our special guest uh, tonight. And friends, we can, uh, we can keep a watchful eye and a listening ear for these precious ones who need an advocate during this season of their lives. Well, let's listen as Russia of cool sings the song entitled For Those on Lighthouse Light and we'll be more right after this. Fools on Lighthouse Live, and for those, and that's who he came for, for those precious ones too. Amen. Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our very special guest tonight, as we explore secrets in America, and these secrets need to be exposed. You know, what is done in the dark will be exposed in the light, and as we as we look at this, at David and and Anne and Monica and Jose. Um, we we look at at what needs to be exposed and we talk about the financial aspect and a lot of times it's the family as we were just discussing and during the break. Let's talk a little bit about the family and the entitlement mentality. Where do they get that they are owed? <laughs> what's owed to them before its time and where does this kind of thinking come from? What what's happened in our society? Let's let's address
4: that issue a little bit, if you would please. Well, you know, it's um, all a matter of family, and you know how important family is to everyone. And family is your source of support and your source of strength. And when you need help, you reach out to your family. But if your family doesn't have your best interests in mind, it can go downhill really quickly. Um, An older person maybe has a son or daughter even, or or a grandson, very common with adult protective services, who um, has not been fully employed throughout their life because of dependency on drugs or alcohol or for other matters and comes to mom or dad for assistance. Uh, Mom and dad are willing, more than willing to help, but it becomes a slippery slope. Pretty soon, um, son, grandson becomes dependent on this money, and bottom the bottom of this whole slippery slope is where um, grandson or son feels so entitled that when mom or dad has reached the end of their willingness to contribute to this person's um, assistance, um, they demand it. And it could end up in abuse. Uh, we've had older persons who've been shoved out of anger or who holes knocked in their walls, things thrown at them, telephones yanked out of the wall. Um, because the the son or grandson just wasn't getting what they felt they were entitled to. And um, certainly mom or dad leave a very quiet life. They don't need the money that they have, and why not give it to this other person and give it now?
1: You know, let's uh, recap very quickly. We, we've talked about three main sources of, of abuse, the family, you know which is the most nefarious, i think and, and, and shocking uh, caregivers you know that are hired there um, and then uh, and then strangers and someone in between, I think uh, David, in your documentary you, you referred to a a gardener that eventually weaseled himself into the end of the home, and his whole family, I think, was living under the under that roof, right? Was it was that one of your...
3: Yeah, that's actually a story that Ann had shared. Ann, okay, would you mind, right. would you yeah. mind uh, sharing that with
4: me? Well, it, again, it's it's a matter of a, a senior being lonely. Someone approaches them, um, says, I'm a handyman. I could do some work for you. Um, maybe it's evident from the outside appearance of the home that, that mm-hmm. there is some help needed. Um, they get hired. Um, they become a friend, uh, someone, someone, anyone who who spends a little bit of time listening to them and interacting with them and maybe a willingness to do a few errands for them. And pretty soon they've ingratiated themselves into the individual's life. And this is a story that's on the video about by the time that Adult Protective Services got involved, this, this gardener had moved his family, mm-hmm. wife and child, into the home. His name was on the deed to the house, and the individual had... Really virtually no assets left wow. of their own.
1: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, before we go on, we keep referring to this wonderful documentary, yes. <laughs> David, that you've uh, produced, and uh, you can actually also see it online. Tell people how, uh, at this point, how they can see it. And obtain some uh, some resources to help.
3: Well, people can view the documentary online at secretsinamerica.org, secretsinamerica.org. And not only can they view the documentary, but there are also tips on how to prevent elder abuse online, how to protect your financial resources. There's a number of things that people can get there. The actual documentary itself has a number of special features that are part of it. There's extra interviews that we did not, we weren't able to include in a half-hour DVD, but all sorts of tips that people can use. It's also designed to be a learning tool that people yes. can actually show the DVD uh, to their community organization. Churches. In the churches. Yes. They can show nonprofit <laughs> groups anywhere, you know. And there are, like, discussion questions that are on the dvd as well that can just kind of walk people through some of these key questions and engage people and seeing things a little bit differently let's face it you know one of the things that we we've you know discovered and one of the things we know is our seniors as a whole are very trusting mm-hmm. they grew up at a time where i mean they weren't locking their doors well and if you we, know your word was your word our
1: you know, handshake uh, is that's uh, all uh, we need. We don't need a contract was
3: good right? yeah. didn't that's, lock the cars doors anything that's exactly right and um a lot of them, that's still how they live. And so the, the goal of the DVD is to generate some discussion so that you can see, you know what, you don't have to lose your integrity as a person, as a human being, but times have changed in some ways, so we need to keep our guard up in some ways as well.
1: Jose, you're uh, you're on the ground, you know, uh, so to speak, and you've seen uh, a lot of this. Um, maybe give us uh, some additional warning signs. What do people, family members, or even neighbors, you know, yes, Elaine, you mentioned yes. this wonderful gentleman that was looking out for his neighbor. He knew these guys were bad news, and and fortunately, in this case, it was a good outcome. Um, what recommendations do you have for family and friends and, and neighbors on how to protect their uh, family members or or friends from these kinds of
6: uh, abusive situations? Sure. The biggest thing is really just being involved. And if you're just involved just going by and just saying, hey, how you doing, and just, just being friendly, that in itself is just the biggest part of it because at that point... There are so many cases that we see where maybe there isn't even another person abusing them. It's just that the person is living alone Mm -hmm. and they're not doing very well for whatever reason. Maybe they now have some physical issues or they are forgetting a few things. And, you know, if someone was just coming by their home, they would see things like, oh, I see that the utilities haven't been paid and they got shut off. I mean, we get many referrals like that after people have noticed that – Someone's utilities are, you know, have been shut off and they're not doing very well. They have some medical issues. So, I mean, that is the biggest thing is just someone being involved, anyone just having some sort of support system, just as in the video um, uh, at Telvina, she had uh, Mr. Ross who kept an eye out and mm. just that alone, just that saved her from, from what what had happened. So that I think is always the most important thing, making sure that there is someone just coming by and just being friendly, friendly visitor. Um, and, and that that way they have someone they can talk to. And that's the other thing, too, so that way if there is someone that is taking advantage of them, they feel mm-hmm. comfortable and there is a rapport, and they can go ahead and talk to someone about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most basic thing, I think, is just having that support system. And then a few other things, things like not always being trusting. Um, it's okay to be rude sometimes. For example, a lot of our seniors, they get phone calls, and maybe it's someone that's fishing for information, and they want to be so polite, and they don't know how to just say you know, no, thank you, and not interested. Hang up.
0: What about these phone
6: scams? Exactly. You know, and you've
0: won a trip to wherever. Exactly. They believe My it, goodness. and they want to
6: listen to it, and they'll listen mm. to it forever, and and they'll and they're not. They've been trained to not be rude, and it's not being rude saying "I'm not interested." Thank you very much. Mm. They, and a lot of times they just don't do those types of things. They won't shut the door when someone comes to them, and, and it m- puts them in a vulnerable situation. Mm. So it's it's empowering them to make sure that that they know that they're not being rude if they're just protecting themselves. They don't like you were saying they they don't think about things like that because before it was always, you know, it's a handshake and I'm being friendly. But it's now it's a different time, and people need to be thinking about things like that.
1: You know, there's a common thread here, Monica, as we're listening to this, and I'm. Uh, sure it's not lost on, on any of us here in the room. Whether we're dealing with the gang problem or elder abuse, it's a matter of the family asking questions and being aware. You know, so many parents are unaware that their kids are involved in a gang lifestyle. As, as we've heard the, the sheriff say and the police chief and, and the head of the gang unit, you know, the solution is not more law enforcement. Uh, the solution is the family, you know, taking charge. And uh, when we can when we can uh, bolster that up, then then we're uh, a long ways down the road. And Monica, maybe uh, from from your perspective uh, in in the on um, first of all, explain for people who may not be aware what is an <laughs> ombudsman? Is an ombudsman. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's an
5: interesting word. It's a Swedish word, and it's an advocate. It's an advocate for anyone who lives in a facility. So if it's in a nursing home, a skilled nursing facility or an assisted living facility for the elderly. Those are the the folks that we visit uh, routinely, and then of course we follow up. Um, we receive reports of suspected. We don't have to know that there's abuse or neglect going on, but anyone who ever suspects something is encouraged to call the ombudsman. So we're kind of the counterpart to Adult Protective Services. When somebody lives out in the community or they live in their own home or in an apartment, independent, kind of a setting, then the same sort of issues would be directed to Adult Protective Services. They live so, in a facility. So you're
1: dealing specifically with long-term care facilities? Long-term care facilities. Okay. Alright, now having having set that stage or on Bud's woman, I get it right. <laughs> in this case. Uh, in, uh, now that we've set the stage, what do you see in care facilities regarding the family problem and, and that isolation? You know, is it, hey, we Put Aunt Martha in there and all's good now. We can, uh, we can leave her there. She'll be well taken care of. What happens to Aunt Martha in circumstances like that?
5: Well, you know, I think, first of all, we need to, to say that, that we all know there are many, 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 many wonderful families and wonderful caregivers out there. Sure. Everyone's mm-hmm. um, not a scoundrel. <laughs> right. And, in fact, um, oftentimes when there is something going on that's not on the up and up, it's brought to our attention by another family member or maybe a caregiver who's suspicious of the family member. and You know, they're the ones that are closest to it. I mentioned earlier that, you know, the whole idea of the isolation. Sometimes, you know, Aunt Martha might be dropped off in a facility and unbeknownst to other family members where she even is. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that one family member isolates from other family members. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you dig deep enough, sometimes that's going to come into a financial issue that, you know, they're trying to <laughs> manipulate the assets. Um, but I think, you know, it just kind of comes back to that whole idea that we really have to trust our gut, um, that we need to dig a little deeper when we, you know, don't accept when something doesn't feel right. You don't accept the first response until you you dig, dig enough, until you're you're satisfied and uh, really kind of trust our instincts when something doesn't feel just right for someone.
1: You know, for, uh, Hollywood often gives us, you know, the uh, the thrillers and, you know, half hour or 58 minutes time where, you know, someone is finally tracked down in the long-term care facility and they were victimizing people. But what it sounds like is those those three scenarios, family, caregivers, and, and strangers, Those those issues can all happen. Within a care facility, it sounds like oh, they sure
5: right? can. They sure can, and you know sometimes um, we have we also have cases of, of physical or verbal abuse or emotional mm, abuse, yes, and right. and it's hard work. You know, no one is um, suggesting that it isn't hard work, um, but by golly, if you're gonna take that job, there's a certain set of expectations that come with that, and you better live up to them.
0: Right. And just uh, like the meaning of the name, Monica Ombudsman. These people who are going through and suffering these things, they need an advocate, don't they? Because a lot of times, like you suggested in the documentary, David, um, they will take this on and blame themselves. They need someone to talk to, don't they?
5: They do, and sometimes it's just a matter of empowering them. You know, we had a, a client not too long ago where we talked to her about, well, you know, just because you're living in an assisted living facility, this is not a prison. You have rights, and it kind of was a, um, a surprise. She responded like she was surprised. What do you mean I have rights? Mm-hmm. And it was, why certainly, you know, you still have the right to make your own choices. And this lady still had mental capacity to to make decisions for herself. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of the ombudsman getting in there and kind of coaching um, the resident, reminding them that they do have rights and that there are laws on the books to protect them and making sure that those are followed.
1: Some, either here or in the, in the uh, piece, and I don't remember where it was, but somebody mentioned, you know, w- while you have the capacity, you know, take measures to ensure that you remain in control of as much as you can for as long as you can. How do we do that? How do people find out how to do that? What are some of the ins and outs of, of protecting Yourself and taking control of your life as long as you're as you're uh, able able to do so.
5: I'll jump in on sure. back on that because I just did one this afternoon. It's called <laughs> the advanced health care directive. Anyone who's over the age of eighteen should have one. Everyone, um, because you never know. And basically, what you do is you think real hard and clear who you would select to make decisions for you. If and when you're not able to make them for yourself, and then you designate that person to make the decisions, and but you make it very clear that that doesn't take effect until you are no longer able to make them for yourself.
1: Now, does one need an attorney for that? Lord forbid! Or can one do? <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not blasting it. I'm just looking yeah, at the expense here. Boy, no boy, they jumped on that quick. Yeah. I, know, but, I mean, assuming we don't have a lot of like. like in, in, no. in our case, a minister, okay? I not have a lot of money, you know, and, and the, my kids tease me that they'll be happy to come visit me underneath the freeway in my, my oh, waning years. <laughs> but don't have a lot of money. How do, we, how do we do this advanced health care directive? Are there templates? Are there places there we There are can templates.
5: Go? If you go to the, the, one of the best sites for the forum right now, what I'd recommend is the California Hospital Association site. Um, and under forms and publications, download the form. It's pretty simple. doesn't even need to be, um, you don't need an attorney. You don't need, you know, you can follow it through. It does need to be witnessed by two people um, who are not related to you. Um, if you can't find two people who aren't related to you, then you do need one witness, and it needs to be notarized. But as long as you ha- have two unrelated witnesses, you don't even need to have it notarized. Um, if you live in... A skilled nursing facility, then it does need to be witnessed by the ombudsman, and our role is just to make sure that you understand what it is. Mm. The resident understands what it is they're signing at the time, um, but it's a very simple form, and it just lays out what your preferences are um, in terms of um, you know life extending measures and and um, kinds of, of you know last wishes sort of thing, um, and then. And it designates who you would choose to make decisions for you. And then, of course, the other part of it that should be understood is that it's really important that you talk to whoever you designate and let them know what it is you want. That's probably real important, isn't it? That's very important. You don't want to
1: find out suddenly that, you know, Grandma Moses said, you're it, <laughs> and, uh, and you're and sitting you don't there know going, what Grandma
5: Moses really
0: what wants. What did she want? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So so it pays to talk over with Absolutely. family members. Now, this I mean,
0: pretty yeah. much yeah. applies everywhere, right, Monica? Not only for our area, but for Certainly. everywhere, yes. as, as our listeners are pretty much everywhere.
5: Uh, you listening. bet. Yeah.
1: Okay. David, um, what kind of uh, reaction have you gotten uh, so far from this? What, wonderful. But by the way, if and I think you can also get the DVD that has the extra interviews for a suggested donation of twenty twenty dollars, twenty dollars, or
0: twenty thousand if you want. We or so 20, encourage
3: yeah. this. It is we a donation, do. so
1: give till it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love it. He, he's got a minister in his blood. I can tell right now. Pass that plate. Give till it hurts. Yeah. Oh, we're cheerleaders <laughs> for you, David. You can go online, and I, I encourage you to, as soon as you can, to go online and see it because there's someone. In your sphere, your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. who is elderly? I guarantee you, if you draw a radius of, you know, a couple of hundred uh, yards around your property, you're going to find mm-hmm. someone uh, to whom uh, these issues may apply. Uh, go online, take a look at it. We encourage you to get the DVD with the added information. David, though, uh, what kind of reactions have you have you gotten now that it's been out there for a little bit?
3: A lot of the the reactions are almost exactly what I thought they would be. You know, I, I make it a point to watch people's faces mm. when they watch the documentary. And quite frankly, people are often just shocked because they're just not aware of what's going on. And when they hear these stories, they just can't even conceive of these things happening, of how seniors are just getting you know, ripped off, not just financially, but emotionally uh, as well. So I think people are shocked, they're angered, but also... It has left a lot of people wanting to do something more. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many people have said, I want a copy of this because I'm going to take it to my seniors group, or I'm going to take it to my church, I'm going to take it to my nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. And so we've had, this has gone all over the country already. And it's just word of mouth, really from the East Coast through California, even to Canada, the DVD has gone out. So Mm -hmm. we're thrilled that the word's getting out because we really did it to make a difference. Um, and if we could help protect one person you know it 's been well worthwhile mm-hmm. so
0: for our friends overseas, if they want a copy, they can contact you or contact us
3: yes okay. ex- exactly right. we 'd be happy to we 'd be happy to get you hooked up there. One of the things that I did want to say is that this definitely is a team project, uh, and I again wanted to thank everyone involved. We shot this across the United States from washington d c to San Francisco. We shot this. I cannot thank our production company Cornerstone Studios mm-hmm. enough who didn 't really know what they were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> really, it became a ministry real fast for them, <laughs> and so uh, the product is beautiful. Actually, we just mm-hmm. learned that uh, KVIE in Sacramento PBS affiliate is going to pick up. The, uh, the project, and they're going to broadcast uh, in October. On Congratulations, David. So, uh, we're very excited about yes. that as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, also thanks to uh, Kaiser Permanente mm-hmm. and the Stanislaus mm-hmm. Community Foundation. For Absolutely. Our two funders fund that yeah.
3: stepped up Absolutely. basically just on, on a word of saying this is what we want to do, this is an issue. So great thanks to them.
0: You know, friends, if there's any question in our minds how deep this issue goes uh it's it's very important to our god when we go back to the fifth commandment when he tells us to honor our father and our mother it's the first commandment with a promise amen and uh we think about the proverbs 16:31, where a gray head is a crown of glory you know and that doesn't mean we've talked about hair color or any of that but you think about how deep that goes uh uh, this has special meaning to the Lord that we love and serve. So just think about
1: that. Again, friends, uh, to take a look at the uh, at the uh, documentary, again it's a half hour, but you can get the CD with the additional features. But to get it online, to take a look at the half hour documentary, it's www.secretsinamerica.org. That's secretsinamerica.org, and we encourage you to uh, David. You just said it. Word of mouth is carrying this thing across the country. Encourage you to make sure that your community is inundated with this to prevent some of these stories that are uh, that are on the video.
0: Jose and Ann and Monica Dave, can you think of ways that, as a community, we can uh, hold our our uh, seniors in prayer and those of us who serve uh, the senior population? What last minute uh, words and comments can you? Can you give to our, uh, our listeners?
3: One of the things that really struck me the more I got involved in this project is that I think that everyone, whether you're a senior or not, should consider themselves to be an advocate in this area. <laughs> you can spread the word. You can be aware. You know, you can say a kind word. You can find a senior neighbor that you can check in on. But yes. we can all be advocates. None of us is exempt. It's just a matter of stepping out.
0: Amen. Thank you very much. Ann, any last-minute words that you can add?
4: Just value um, our older residents and of our communities and our older population for all they have done for us, and and think about the sacrifices they have made. And if it takes you five minutes to stop on the sidewalk and speak to your neighbor, we'll take that time because it will be well worth it, and it will mean so very much to that older person. Thank you
0: all very much. God bless you, and good night.